Hi everybody and welcome to the 20th edition of the End of Cells podcast. I hope everyone's keeping well who's listening. It's sure to be a cracking show tonight with everything, all the talking points, the Celtic match in the weekend, the the topic over the last 48 hours of the European Super League will be getting stuck into both topics and I'm then to be joined again by Anthony. How are you Anthony? Um, all good Stephen, obviously disappointed with the result on Sunday but apart from that can't complain. Ah, I know we're all disappointed, but sure, this is what this podcast oh, yeah. is for. You come on, you come on, you have a rant, and have a beer after it, and all's good. <laughs> Perfect. And then <laughs> our very special guest from a Celtic state of mind, JP Mason. How are you? Good evening. Uh, good evening, both. I um, I'm still I'm still recovering a little bit, but I'm kind of over it now. Do you know what I mean? It's it's Sunday was horrible, but you know it's it's just the latest in a long line of <laughs> disappointments this season. So you're going to become numb to them. Uh, I guess so. Now, very pleased to be here to join you tonight. Yeah, glad to have you, man. Glad you come on, JP. Really appreciate it. But I know you said there. I'll come to you first, anyway. I know you said, JP, that you you kind of go over it. But for the last couple of days, and on the group chat especially that we're involved in, I've been phantom of frustration. I've been just angry, just full of rage. On Sunday, we've seen a game where it was just for me anyway. It was spineless. It was gutless. There was no passion. There was no effort. The players seemed to just check out. They checked out. Months ago, to be honest, most of them, their heads are out the door. I know we had chances to, to take something from the game or even equalise to take it the extra time. But again, it's all ifs and buts. Um, yourself, JP, what's your overriding emotion when you when you look back in the game now, now? Now you have two days to think about it. Uh, I mean, it, it definitely feels like we, we missed opportunities. But clearly we missed opportunities. And I keep playing over and over that El Unice chance where... You, you know, you just, I saw somebody did a freeze frame of it and you're just like, why did you not hit it? You know, you had all the time in the world just to leather it, put your feet, your laces through it and it would have been a certain goal. Especially when you see the freeze frame from behind the goal, the way that McGregor's positioned, McGregor gets back into position after El Unice's taken that bad touch and obviously, you know, McGregor's a good keeper, you know, he, he, he guesses right and he gambles on the hesitation and then you know, the Eddie chance, oh my God, that Eddie chance. Of all the things you could have done in that position, doing a wee mad flick like that with the back of your heel is not the one that, you know, m- you know most strikers would have gone for. They would have just, you know, I, can, I think about Gary Hooper in, in that situation. Would Gary Hooper have done that? No, absolutely not. He would have just laced through it, buried it. Um, Dembele as well, you know. Whereas Edward... He just he just has this sort of you know well he has acquired this kind of lackadaisical nature this season where you don't you don't put your house on him scoring anymore you don't you put you don't certainly don't put your house on him scoring a penalty um, <laughs> I don't think anybody thought he was going to score that penalty when he stood up to take it I think we were, and most people were just resigned to uh, either go over the bar or being saved but um, it's just I, I I'm I'm really I'm. I'm, I've checked out of this season now as well. <laughs> um, um, I mean, I, I, I'll still watch the remaining games, uh, and and I'll you know I obviously still support the, the team, but it's it's uh, it's been it's been a very 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 bleak season, yeah. uh, and amongst a bleak time, you know. Um, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I, I think I think one of the most striking things from what you just said there, when you're talking about um, Edward and his chance, everyone automatically assumes you're all about the chance when you have the penalty, but you're, you're not. It says the chance where he had the he could have whipped his ball over the foot and, and hammered oh, it on the top. Yeah, he, totally. He, he, it's 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 almost like as you said, we're resigned. When Eddie stepped up for that penalty kick, I knew he was missing. 
And if you look at if you look at the replay, he looks up just before he hits the penalty at the spot he's going to hit it, and McGregor's made up his mind, and that's where he went. It was yeah. a pathetic attempt at a penalty kick. And the Moy chance, even without the freeze frame, which I haven't seen, but I, I really want to see that. It's all you need to do is strike that first time. There was no one around him to put him, to put him under pressure. And after you come to yourself, right here, it's a question that defied Celtic fans: Is Moy? Uh, is Moy a five million pound signing for Celtic, or after that would you just be like, nah, move on? I, I, we sort of touched on that um, a couple of weeks ago. You know, the the Elginusi conundrum, as it were, Stephen. Listen, there's no no doubt that the man is a talent. He's a talented player, and you know we tried to get him even as a permanent transfer before he, he moved down to England. Um, but it, it's I'm not even sure if five million is the is the asking price Southampton are putting out, but that's a five million pound gamble for me. Um, we've seen him play fantastic, um, you know, especially last season. And despite blowing hot and cold this year, like the entire team has, he's still a second highest scorer. But even going into the the game, he'd been, he'd, you know, obviously scored a, a couple of goals in the run up to, to 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 Sunday. So you can't even blame a, a sort of lack of match sharpness for it. He, Freeze frame is the perfect is the the perfect um, way to describe it as John Paul says because he did freeze in front of McGregor, <laughs> um that's uh, that's what's so frustrating about it. Um, I wasn't confident of any of those three chances going away, which I think really kind of sums up um the season. It was it was so frustrating. Um, we spoke on Friday night that all the defenders um and the you know the midfielders had to be switched on and won their battles, and our Attacking players had to be conical in front of McGregor. Um, that was in the, in the, the you know the key battle segment of the show on Friday. That was that was our main points, and um, and we got absolutely none of that. Um, it was a like you say a, a sorry day at the office. Yeah, and another thing as well. I don't know about you guys, but what I saw was Scott Brown out of his depth again in a match like that. And I, I don't like the single out players. Scott Brown, Laxalt, Kenny, who again. Is the most boring player I've ever seen play for Celtic. He just makes me fall asleep, and it's 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 like you're you're watching this, and we did speak about it on Friday. We did the key battle segment, which I thought was fantastic because it's if we can see that needs to happen, how come the Celtic coaches staff can't see that, or when the players step on the pitch, they can't take up the authority to go and win them battles or win them challenges and put down a marker? I don't know about yourself, uh, JP. I, again, you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm just full of rage to be honest, and lacks <laughs> on. Laxalt was an absolute disgrace the Celtic shirt that game he shouldn't be in a Celtic shirt no more for me Kenny should be sent packing back to Everton and another great point was made again on on your podcast Celtic State of Mind I can't remember who said it so forgive me for that but basically that Kenny is Everton's version of Anthony Ralston and if you think about it it's true because he's only really come up to us to get match fit and see, see where he goes next season I don't know about yourself JP but even if you take away the chances we had well we had about five chances. I mean, it's all ifs and buts, isn't it, if we take them? But the the whole game itself, when they scored the first goal, for me anyway, I just knew we were coming back in that game. No, I agree. Uh, I think I think the nature of that goal, psychologically as well, it's just like, it was Stephen Davis, who's 36, scoring an overhead kick. I mean, I know yes. it, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't a, a Trevor Sinclair from the edge of the box in, in the 90s, which is still one of my favourite overhead kicks. I mean, I've always loved overhead kicks. Slatan uh, against England? You, sorry? Oh, yeah, Slatan. Oh, absolutely. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a display of, you know, acrobatic uh, genius. It was 
it was an opportunistic strike, you know, over the shoulder. You know, it, it wasn't anything great. Um, but it was coming from a 36-year-old Stephen Davis. Do you know what I mean? Like, he was playing the last time we went through a season and didn't win a trophy. Like, that's pretty <laughs> mental to think that. And I think, you know, I think just the nature of the goal and the fact that it was their, they got the first goal yet again, um, you know, in, in the games against us. I know we scored first against them in the in the last game, but, you know, in all the other games this season, they've scored first and then got on to win. And, and, and I think that, I think maybe psychologically, I think psychologically the players just thought they've got the beating of us. Which is in, which is mental to think that we've come off the back of winning everything for the last four years, and then suddenly you know you're getting to this stage of the season where you're just like, oh well, they've scored first, oh well, that's it, you know, and there's a, res- a resignation there, and you're looking at the touchline. Does John Kennedy inspire you? Inspire you? Do you get that fire? And you've got this sort of like cobbled together like coach team, coaching team of like Steve McManus with an earpiece in. Still don't know why he's got an ear to <laughs> um, because surely you can just communicate with everybody that's in the t- in the dugout with him. Maybe maybe he's speaking to some data analyst up in the stand or something like that. But but ultimately, I don't know if it's just to look cool. Um, I like Stephen McManus by the way. I'm not slagging him, <laughs> but ultimately, ultimately, it's a cobbled together like coaching team that like you know Gavin Strachan, John Kennedy, Stephen McManus. You know these guys had probably never had a conversation a year ago, do you know what I mean, together. And now they're just, like, thrown together and expected to be, you know, the masterminds of the uh, the, the downfall of of Rangers. And and they're clearly not. So. No, I mean, they're masterminds probably of their own puppet show. Definitely not yeah. the masterminds of trying, to, of trying to get Rangers back down again. But another thing as well, I'm actually, what JP touched upon, the Davis goal, the overhead kick, it wasn't a piece of amazing play. At one point during that build-up, Davis dribbled past about four of our players, and they, mm-hmm. you're going to yourself, "What's going on here? This guy is taking the the piss out of us." Do you know what I mean? Sorry to use that that phrase, but it's true. No, and you, you you look across you look across the pits, and you look at the likes of Christie. I always said his head's away. You go into the midfield, McGregor. I, I just think he's jaded. He needs a rest, but there's no one to come up and replace him. And then you're looking at the centre back position. You have to rely on Young Welsh to pull out these performances. Uh, what what about your, yourself, Anthony? Looking at the game, for me anyway, it seems like we're going to be left with a skeleton squad next season with the, the amount of people who, who want to leave, the lone players who want to leave. What's the answer? Because no one knows at the minute. I think it's a, it's a very hard question to try and answer when you know we we have so little communication from the, the people that run the club. We don't know, we still don't know what sort of direction uh, they want to go in with the terms of uh, recruitment. We still don't have a manager in the door. And although they're on record as saying they want a director of football and have been saying that since November, we still don't have one of those either. I would imagine, like you say, there'll be a, there will be a massive overhaul of, of players, like you say. All the, I would imagine at this moment in time, I would say all the loan signings will probably return, including El Yunusi. Um And yeah, some of the players that you, you mentioned there as well uh, already seem to have their, their heads elsewhere. And obviously the captain, he's uh, he's northbound as well. Um, it's it is a a rebuilding job, the likes of which we we may not have seen for a long time. We've had rebuilds of a, a sort um, under Brendan when, when he came. You know, but again, I'm I'm saying that I, I maybe thought we th- we were going to need a big um, overhaul after losing the semi final in 2016. But when you actually look at it, 
Brendan didn't actually ship that many players out and he didn't bring that many in. He just improved what was already there um, drastically. Um, you know, you maybe go back to after Mowbray um, and, and when Neil got the job first time, there was a big overhaul of players then. Um, you know, when Martin left, uh, that was probably the biggest in terms of numbers, I think, for, for an, a, 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 you know, in terms of new players coming in. But, you know, football's even moved on since then. Um, you had a lot more time even back then to what you do now, just for the simple fact is these qualifiers now start so early. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm really trying not to think too much about the Champions League qualifiers because I just don't see us in any way getting through. We're on the wrong side of the draw. Um, They're in 91 yeah, days. It, it, uh, 91 days. Well, there, there you go. Th- thanks, thanks, JP. Let's, there you go. 90 days. Three, we're three months away. We have, like you say, a skeleton staff. Our new chief executive only really started yesterday, and that's still just in a transitional phase. Um, we are no further forward with a manager or director of football. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's a mess. There's, there's no, uh, uh, we're not on here to sugarcoat things tonight. Um, there's. No. A few dark no. days ahead, I think. Definitely not. I, I think the whole uh, the podcast itself, we, we never really do. We always argue amongst each other, and it's, it's good that way <laughs> that we, we never really agree. But JP, going to yourself, you look at the lineup against Rangers on Sunday. I'll quickly go through it: Ben, Kenny, Welsh, Ayer, Laxalt, Brown, Christie, Turnbull, Calmack, Eddie, and Moy. You're probably looking at three or four of them staying next year, aren't you? Realistically. Well, I mean, Welsh has just signed a new deal, which I was pleased about because, you know, there's been a lot of departures of late. You know, Frimpong, even even if you weren't his biggest fan, it was still another player saying that he didn't want to be there anymore and leaving. A lot of the young guys have uh, been leaving, like uh, like Sir Liam Morrison. That's my friend Michael's uh, pal's boy, like Graham uh, Graham Morrison. That's his... uh, Says we his boy. I say he's wee boy. <laughs> he's not wee anymore. But uh, I so he's away to Bayern Munich and stuff like that. So like I, I'm glad Welsh is staying. Obviously Turnbull will still be here. Uh, and 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 Scott Bain, uh, looking resplendent in his uh, his goalkeeper strip. I think that's really funny how E Tim's always tweet that. They just say Scott Bain looking resplendent in his goalkeeper strip. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they ever really say about Scott Bain. It's quite a good pattern, but um, uh, yeah, he'll be here, and you know who else? Maybe Cal McGregor, but I would not be surprised if uh, there was maybe an offer um, from down south for him. Um, and and would he go? Probably, yeah. I think he's probably a bit disillusioned with how things are. And then going around the rest of the team, it's you know everybody's probably got one way tickets out of here. Um, Ayer. You know, has not actually said directly to the press that he wants to go, but his agents made noises about it. Um, he divides opinion, I think, but I, 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 I certainly wouldn't want him to go. If there was any chance of keeping him, I'd want to keep him, um, just purely because I think he is, you know, a, a, a good player. I don't think he's a great player, but I think he's a good player. And for stability going into next season, I'd, 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 I'd love to keep him, but I really don't think it's going to happen. And then you go around the rest of them. Uh, probably all away. All Lonies go back. Eddie, halfway out the door already as well. Um, and who have I missed out? So I think, oh, Christy. Yeah, he's definitely wanting to go. So thank God for that. Aye, well, yeah. <laughs> 
It's it's, it's like, no hit how Stephen's going to talk about when he does go. <laughs> I think he's going to. I think he'll secretly miss him. <laughs> it's it's for me as well. Obviously, like the likes of right, like you look at the squad, and it's a very fair point. We we had um John Hurd on as a special guest just uh, last week, and we were talking about when he was coming up for the youth ranks, the the camaraderie, the the squad spirit, the first team, the 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 the, the, the within the squad, the likes of Brown Mulgrew. Them types of players are always close friends, and they made sure everyone knew in that dressing room what it was to play for Celtic Football Club. Why this season, Anthony? Has it, has all the squad from the start now? We're talking way back at the start of these European qualifiers, which was an absolute joke of what happened and getting put out that early as well. It's a shambles even to go back there. But why has this squad fell away so much in terms of attitude, in terms of graft, grit, passion, determination? Where's it all gone? It's it's hard to say. I mean, the, the the easy thing because it's very well documented. You you know that Neil Lennon is quite an abrasive character, and you know he he does have the the old school management uh, system sort of way. You know he's in charge. He he'll shout and roar, and you know try and get his message across that way. But I think in a, a way as well that that can be almost too easy of an excuse. I mean, you can't. Like, I would even say that there was camaraderie in the squad, even this time last year. I mean, let's not forget, we did win. We, we were streets ahead in the league last year under under Neil. We won a um, Europe, Europa League uh, group uh, stage, finished top of the group under Neil Lennon as well. And, you know, the night when you think of, you know, the, the night uh, against Lazio and, you know, you've you seen the togetherness of the, the squad uh, when they were celebrating then. It's, it, it's really difficult. I, I think maybe... Had some players started to make noises from get noises from their their agents throughout the COVID period, and then maybe when they returned, they just they weren't interested. A lot of the uncertainty: are we going to get fans back in? You know, it's it's hard to really put. I, I'm I'm as much as I've I've been critical of Neil Lennon on a lot of things. I I think it is unfair to just completely say it's all because of him. Um, the young striker that. Um, left in the January transfer window. I think he went over to America. I, I, I think his name's Cameron Harper. Cameron Harper. Yeah. Cameron Harper. That's uh, yeah. I mean, he did more or less confirm that when he left that you know that there were cliques forming in the dressing room. He didn't name names or or, or who they were. I can imagine you would probably be able to guess who a few of them were. But he did paint a picture very much of a, disillus- a disillusioned squad. Um, but which frustrates me why that there isn't enough of the senior players in there to say look if even if we are as you know that we don't want to be here or as we can't be bothered with any of this you could still say but we've still got enough about us to be professional and this time next season we'll all, if, all yes, it won't away this time next year I'll be away anyway but we've got a job to do at the minute um so I, I don't think you could but I think Neil Neil's sort of approach to management will obviously have had an effect and possibly, as as John Paul was touching on there, the sort of dysfunctional coaching um, staff as well. Maybe one or two players sort of think, you know, this this is a far cry from the sort of high intensity sessions they were used to under a guy like uh, Brendan Rodgers. Um, and even perhaps some players have always said they enjoyed training with, with Ronnie Dyla as well, just with the, 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 the sort of approaches that he had and his um, dedication to fitness and, and so on. Um, but I, I, I'm at a loss to say how it's went so drastically wrong. Um, it's you can point to a number of factors. 
But every time you try and justify it, it just comes off sounding like an excuse. I think as as awful as I think the people at the top fell asleep at the wheel, as much as I don't think Neil was the right man for the job, and I said that before he got it and um, after he was um, announced, I think a lot of these players have got to have a good look at themselves as well. Um, they've not used their own, taken their own professional pride on and tried to get the job done. We've all, we all work with people or we maybe are, are managed by people that sometimes we, we don't agree with or, or, we, or we think they're going about things the wrong way. But you have your professional pride and you do your job to the best of their ability, your ability. And I don't think, maybe apart from one or two, you, you, you maybe got to cut the young lad Welsh some slack. You know, he's just coming through. But apart from that, most of them um, haven't been at the races this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually glad you brought up the, the excuses element of, of what, what, what we're saying. But for me, that's I'm going to be clear here. I'm going to be honest, totally honest with everybody. Rangers have deserved to win the league this season. Rangers deserve to go free against them. They deserve to beat us on Sunday. Celtic have been absolutely woeful this season in every, every Glasgow derby match. We haven't laid a glove on them. We haven't turned up. We surrender basically at the start of the season. So I'm not making excuses for Celtic. I'm just trying to read a wee bit into it to see why things may have went wrong. And JP, we have heard bits and pieces that Lennon actually wanted some of these players moved on, but the board rejected that that opportunity to happen. Do you think this stems back to then? Because he, he did come out after a European game saying that some players don't want to be here, and then after that it kind of went quiet. Mm. I, I'm sitting in exactly the same uh, chair seat that uh, I watched the game that night, and I and I and I watched him say that in the post match, and I just immediately went, "Oh my god, that is probably that that was just an absolute hand grenade into into the dressing room because from that moment on, you were just you were all the fans were basically like, "Who's he talking about?" And and suddenly everybody became a suspect as opposed to it just being like, oh well, we know who it is. We didn't the thing is we didn't know who it was. So everybody was a suspect. And that immediately created you know, Brendan Rogers, Tommy Burns has gone on about it before as well. You know, the the harmony, the the synergy between the the, the, the club, the manager and the and the or the players, the manager and the fans, and that, that synergy was 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 disrupted with that with those comments. And we've spoken about it on, on Axom as well. And Paul's said many a time that it's been the perfect storm. And that's not, I don't think that is, you know, excuses. And if, if any Rangers fans are listening to this, they'll be like, oh, your tears are delicious and 55 and all that. It's it's not, I mean, like, we were, as soon as COVID came into the equation, it just, it made a situation that they, I think at that point, they were like, we're getting away with this. We're getting away with Neil Lennon as manager. Look at this. We've won our Europa League group. We've cantered away in the league. Rangers got beat at home off Hamilton. They were all crying out for Gerrard to get sacked. You know, you can go back and look at uh, Rangers fans' tweets if they've not deleted them. And they were all like, oh, that, you know, we need to ship out all these players. Davis can go. His legs are gone. Arfield's not good enough. McGregor, you know, we need to get a, a younger keeper now. Like McGregor's too old. And, you know, Gerrard's clueless in Europe. And, uh, all this sort of stuff and you're like wait a minute uh, Covid comes along and completely decimates all of that then we get accused of being handed the league even although there was nothing we could do about it we wanted to finish the league it's not as if Celtic were like standing in the steps of the of, of Hamden with pitchforks saying oh give us our league you know what I mean it's like it was the, everybody voted to end the league because there was no option and that was what happened you know but yet we are somehow accused of oh Peter Law you know has managed to 
to to coax the league title out of out of someone's hands, and it's like, come on, be serious. But throw COVID into the mix of a of a of an already very rickety car that you know the wheels are barely staying on, probably, and you were leading up to a summer where a, a lot of those players probably were uh, about to move away. COVID knocked that in the head because nobody was sure about money and all the rest of it, and. Add add into the mix as well that these players have won everything for the last well now up until this season everything for the last four years every single title and I said somewhere around November or December that I figured that there was maybe a a, a malaise in terms of once you've done something so many times you know yes for us fans it's great but as professional players they're like well, what's the next challenge? You know, we've, it's like completing a computer game over and over and over. You don't do it. You buy a new computer game, you know? And, and, that, and that's exactly... It's horrible to think that that's what they think like, but they are completely different. And when you look at Kieran Tierney moving away before nine and ten in a row, if, if Kieran Tierney is willing to do it, then I'm sorry, but what do you expect from guys like Odson Edward and Ryan Christie yeah. and Carl McGregor? So, look... That, that that that's my thoughts, and and I don't really think that's being you know untoward. I think Rangers have been in a in a Ford Mondeo in cruise control on a smooth road, where we are driving a Bentley over you know roughshod ground, <laughs> and we're just like rambling around and uh, uh, off off road, and they're just like, see, is uh, we'll we'll just take this date then, since you don't want it. Um, that's 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 what's felt like to me. I think that's a very well put. It's, it's the modern day player, isn't it? As, as you said, unfortunately, as Celtic fans, we do have to accept that a certain type of player will want to come to Celtic and move on after a couple of years. And yeah. you always see people, especially Russell Boyce, you know well yourself. Yeah, he refer, he refers to the stepping stone FC, and I get his, I get his, I get his point totally. I hate I do hate players that come up and use Celtic to get a move, but unfortunately, as we've seen over the last forty eight hours, money talks, and it doesn't oh, yeah. really matter about. Allegiances to clubs, and if they're foreign, if they're Scottish, they will eventually want to move for a better pay packet and to try mm. something different. But it brings me on to my next point. <clears throat> so we're seeing this week that Dominic Mackay started on Monday. I put up a tweet uh, yesterday, just saying he had a bag. He was carrying a bag in the picture, and I was like, I hope this bag is filled with P45s for everyone associated with the catastrophe we've seen at Celtic Football Club this season. Mm. And then. I left it there for a couple of hours and bang, 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 bang. All these comments started coming through. And at first, I didn't notice it. <laughs> but obviously, the, the Celtic fans and are, are looking analysing everything at the moment. He's wearing a blue suit and has a blue car. So <laughs> 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 so at, at, the, at the moment, I don't think he's everyone's uh, thing, favourite person at the moment. But again, cut the guy some slack. But I'll, I'll go to you, Anthony, in, in regards to that. What are you expecting from Mackay this week? For me, I thought he would have come out already and spoke to Celtic or addressed the fans in some sort of way. But again, it's nothing. Uh, yeah, I must admit, I'll, I will cut him some slack for, I must admit, like the first couple of days. You've got to let the man literally get in the door first. Um, I'm sure once he's been in and analysed the situation and see the, the, sort of things he, the, the sort of things he wants to bring uh, in the role, I'm... A trip. I mean, his, I'm sure he's got a background in communications as, as well as everything else that he, he, he did at Murrayfield. So I'm sure if there's one thing that we can look forward to uh, under his tenure, it will be better communication with the supporters. That's certainly one of my hopes uh, for him anyway. Um, yeah, I did see a few of the comments about the, the tie and the, and the colour of car. <laughs> also, I think of, of, of all the things I'm getting worked up about this season, I, 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 I 
he can wear whatever colour tie he likes as long as he <laughs> cleans up the mess uh, that he's about to about to uh, you know sort of experience. If you really want to go for the jugular, you had brown brogues on as well. <laughs> oh man, that's well, well. I didn't see that, John Paul. Now that is unforgivable. Get him out. Get him out. Um, brown brogues. That's a, that's unforgivable. Uh, it's just there's a rugby thing, isn't it? I don't. I honestly don't care as long as he's, uh, you know, fully committed and and passionate about his job. Then I, 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 you can wear a you can wear a trackie every day. I'm not bothered. <laughs> it's uh, see as well, JP. Uh, Obviously, just to go a wee bit more in depth into it as well, are are you hoping to hear something this week? Or are you expecting kind of the status quo till the end of the season? I I, I think there has to be something this week, especially because we we spoke about it uh, on Axon, and we were like, well, it's either going to be you know announcing a new man uh, or announcing something on the crest of 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 a, of a victory. Or it will be, you know, to numb the pain of a victory, to be like, well, here's the pick me up. So it, it, it'll be one of the two, surely. They've got to, they've got to build on Sunday's disappointment with something, and it's just getting to the stage now where, I mean, if there hasn't been a decision, why not? And you know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want, it, I don't expect somebody to come in right now. I think that's probably unrealistic, um, but. You certainly want there to be a decision made so that it's like, right, this guy is starting on this date, and then we know what we're looking forward to, and we know that 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 whoever that uh, person or persons may be are able to do start doing some work just now in the background, even although they'll not be, you know, actually feet under the desk, so to speak, but they'll be able to start maybe assessing the squad, you know, looking at targets because it's just this is all just going to come round so quickly, so. Um, yeah. But I think you know, obviously Dominic Mackay hasn't actually started, hasn't actually started his, his his position. He's just in basically shadowing, you know, for the next couple of months. Until but basically, he, that translates into learning all Peter Hall's bad habits. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he'll 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 see what not to do, I guess. I, I do wonder, <laughs> I, do, I do I do wonder as well about what the thought process. It'd be it'd be amazing to. To hear a conversation between the, the 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 powers that be at Celtic to see what they feel about how this has gone, you know, because I mean it has gone so spectacularly wrong. But it would be really interesting to know, you know, if if they're just sort of shrugging it off and being like, oh well, you know, you know, we've we've, we've done amazing up until now, and you know, blah blah blah, or, or if they actually are really affected by it, you know, I, I I'd be keen to know that, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't ever try and guess whether or not they are or one way or the other but I, it certainly would be interesting to know how they how they feel are they bullish about it are they like you know you know determined to sort of get the title back are they determined to rebuild a reputation in yeah. Europe after the kicking that it took this season I mean those two Sparta Prague games my god oh. um, horrendous oh, absolutely horrendous but yeah I mean he's, he's, he's here now um, we've waited long enough. We've known. I can't even remember when it was announced that he was coming. It was a, a couple of months ago, wasn't it? Yeah, everything. Uh, everything yeah, just feels like so yeah. long. Uh, everything at the moment just feels so long and drawn out. And I'm going to say something here before we move on. I'll come to you, Anthony, for this. I always in in the group chat and stuff get called Mister Negative, but again, I think I'm being realistic when I when I say things like this. The more this drags out, and the more Anthony knows what I'm going to say. I know he does. The more this drags out. And the more this goes on, Eddie Howe, for me, is not going to be the Celtic manager. What, what's your opinion, Anthony, the more this drags out? 
I think regardless of whether he, he does become or not, I don't actually think all this um, silence is helping either party, um, to be perfectly honest. Um, you're not a negative guy, Stephen. Uh, you, you know, we, 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 you know, we, we wind you up, but you, you are a positive guy and a very good presenter, I must say. Um, but I, I must admit, I think I, I, I don't think it is necessarily doing anyone any favours. But then again, their approach to it might just be, you know, let the papers print what they want to print. They're going to print it anyway. It doesn't matter what you say; they'll, they'll, they'll twist your words uh, to suit their own agenda. As we've seen with, with John Kennedy's comments last week. Mm. Um, taken completely out of context on the purely specifically on the how situation we'll need to wait and see what happens with you know some of these vacancies that have, have came up in England now but if he is a man of his word we were led to believe that he's agreed to, to take over um, so he's still my sort of bookie's favourite he's still where my money is um, at this moment in time um, but of course, you know, this, this is Celtic. Anything is uh, subject to change at uh, any minute. I mean, JP, uh, I'll come to yourself with this before we'll go on to the next thing. But the way I'm looking at with Eddie Howe, just from my point of view, no one else's, it can't be that hard to announce someone that's coming in at the end of the season. Eight weeks now have passed since Lenny's left. Mm. And again, we knew, we knew the season kind of folded well before Christmas. It was done. Everyone knew it. Everyone felt it. There was no hope of catching Rangers. The European campaign was up in there. And we were just kind of, as you said, going along in a Bentley, crashing into hedges, not knowing where to go after. <laughs> so it's like, what's your opinion? Because I want to look at it from this angle. If anyhow doesn't happen and Celtic put all their eggs in that basket, where do they go? Well, there's a guy that keeps replying uh, to um, a Twitter thread um, from last week. His name's Joe Morgan, if you're listening, Joe. Uh, good evening, um, and he is very adamant that John Kennedy is going to be the new Celtic manager oh, or head God. coach, whatever you want to call, call it. Now I, I've gone back to him and said, like you, you, you've, I, you, you've got to have some inside knowledge to be so sure about this. And I said, like you're either going to be eating the whole humble pie, or, or you know, it's going to be me on the other, on the other side of this coach. Because I'm there's no no way in the world that I could possibly imagine John Kennedy getting the gig, but. Like I said, he's this this guy Joe. I don't know him, but he's he's convinced, and he keeps sort of you know coming out with these kind of like be be afraid, be very afraid, sort of very loaded statements. And you know, it might be talking absolute shite, but I mean, um, it also <laughs> might be it, 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 there might be some some truth to it. But I, I don't I don't think there is. I think Eddie Howe would have denied it by now. Russell said this the other day. Eddie Howe would have denied it if 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 there was nothing in it, and I think Celtic would have would have ruled him out as well, um, because it was it, it reached fever pitch, and like you've just said, or Anthony just said, that we're led to believe that he's agreed in principle to to take the job. So I mean, if stuff like that was getting put out there, you know, surely Celtic would have come out and went, actually, that's nonsense, and that's not the case, to stop the fans believing it, like like clearly we are. Um, so I, I I I don't know. I it certainly it certainly is a it's a weird one, and I I can't recall ever being in such a uh, a position of of being in the dark really about about everything to do with the club. Like even people that I know that I can ask stuff don't know anything. You know, like I'm uh, they 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 don't anything to to give me in terms of information about what they may or may not know. 
Um, not that I would reveal it on a, on a podcast if I did, but, um, but yeah, um, aye. So that, that's that's my thoughts. Well, uh, for me, I hope Joe Joe Morgan's talking absolute shit. To be honest, because <laughs> I, I, I I can't. If John Canley's selling manager, I'm jumping into the tide. Like there, there's no like, and and again for me, like as you said, it, you're in the dark, and it's almost like you're sitting in a room with no lights on. And you're trying to find your way around, isn't it? It's you're yeah. looking for answers. You're looking for clues, and I always get called out for it. And you know yourself, Anthony. I always go on Twitter and relay it back to the guys what I'm saying. They're like, "Stop reading Twitter!" But sometimes <laughs> I, I, I just can't help it. And it, when it gets in your mind, you need to talk about it. And need to see where it's going to go. And that's why, personally, at this moment in time, and I said before, if it happens, I'll eat humble pie, of course. But anyhow, for me, it's not going to be the Celtic manager in the future. And I, 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 at the moment, I firmly believe that. But moving forward, guys, we have a game. Tomorrow night, yeah. Tomorrow oh. night against Aberdeen. Oh, I saw we do. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I literally, I forgot up until like five o'clock yesterday. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? But I'll come to yourself, JP. Scott Brown's new club next season. So, what are we expecting from the game? Are you expecting any changes, rotation, new players coming in? Uh, I mean, I, I read I read a little bit about the, the the press conference today where it was Greg Taylor and, and John Kennedy. I think they, they were talking about how how Rogic wasn't. Fi- I mean, Rogic Rogic wasn't on the bench on Sunday, was he? He, he, he was. And, he was. Um, oh, he was. All oh, right. Okay. I, they, I they, thought they, he was. They were talking about Rogic anyway, and just uh, uh, saying how he wasn't fit and then he was fit or something like that. And 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 then he did mention that there there may be a few a few changes. I would expect probably Taylor to come back in. Um, I don't mind Taylor actually. I've I've never had an issue with him. I've liked him pretty much since since he since he signed, and I would have far preferred him to play on on Sunday. Um, not because I, you know, massively dislike Laxa, more because I like <laughs> Taylor, um, and I think he gives you a bit more a bit more uh, grit and and. Reliability, really, rather than Laxalt. So I'd like to see him come back in. Obviously, it'll be weird for Scott Brown if he's playing tomorrow um, to be back to be going up there, knowing that he's going to be in the home dressing room next season. Um, I think that's a weird thought for all of us. Um, but I mean, it ultimately means nothing now, doesn't it? It's just this is this is all this is all about just playing out the games, just counting out time, which is horrendous to be doing that in uh, such like grim fashion but um such is life and uh I, 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 a Wednesday night trip up to Pododri would have been a good laugh as well. <laughs> I would certainly have been extremely, extremely drunken. Uh I've not been up to Pododri for a while, a couple of years. Um but the trips up there are always good good crack and uh you know it's always a good sing song as well. I, as you, as you said right at the start of the show, we've kind of checked out for this season, haven't we? To be honest, guys, and yeah, the, the four the four games left, and as you said, well, we'll watch. We always want Celtic to win, but for me, it should be about who's going to be there next season. What players can we put in? Young players who can impress, and maybe maybe for the new manager coming in, get them in the squad for next season. And mm-hmm. after come coming to yourself, are you of that opinion? These games should be just firmly used now for people who will be there and will be playing for Celtic in the future. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard, you know, if, if we were only to do that right enough, but you know we'd be struggling to get um, eleven guys on the park mm-hmm. with the amount of players that will possibly be leaving. But yeah, on, on a serious note, I uh, I do think, for example, that Sorrow should 
playing instead of Brown uh, tomorrow. Um, and perhaps I would I would probably play a Yeti up, up front as well. I can't even really yeah. say you would play him and Klamala because I, th- I don't know if it's Klamala away yet. Or, I think he's away, I, yeah. I, I can't. I, I, there's a thing he was talking going over to America. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would start guys like a Yeti and, and Sorrow tomorrow and, and for the rest of the season. That's not necessarily because they're going to be there next year. I mean, we, we, you just don't know what uh, this new manager, um, whoever he may be, uh, will will want. But I'd, I would be very surprised if guys like Brown um, start tomorrow, especially especially tomorrow night, where obviously the, the connotation, is, as John Paul uh, says about him, obviously he'll be in the, the home dressing room next season. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm expecting as well. I, I, I don't know, I don't know, guys. It's like... I'm looking at this from now till the end of the season. As JP said, it's, it's just dead rubber games. And that's being brutally honest about it. And the se- the season's over. For me, it should be guys who are 100% committed playing for Celtic, who's going to be in that squad. I don't want to see, uh, being harsh, I don't want to see Kenny, Black Salt, even to a certain extent, Eddie in a Celtic shirt until now from the end of the season. I, I just don't, I can't see a case of him playing anymore. Maybe... Eddie, if he has a few more performances to increase his transfer profit, but again, that's just looking at it from a totally selfish point of view, isn't it? Really, but I'll go to yourself, JP. What's your lineup prediction? Oh, uh, well, I mean, has Ralston even been in? A, was Ralston on the bench on Sunday? Yeah, he was. He was, he was bent. He, yeah. Mm, well, uh, there's a chance Ralston might might start then, uh, but I mean. If Ralston starts, then that's Kenny done in a Celtic shot, really. I mean, yeah. we, we'll know that for a fact. If bores Ralston, me to tears. Yeah, if Ralston starts tomorrow, he'll never kick a ball for Celtic again. And from the comments and things I heard from a lot of people after Sunday, then then that that wouldn't be any great shame to a lot of folks. So, um, and I, I can see Taylor coming back in. Bain will start in goals. So it'll be Ayer Welsh centre half. Midfield will probably be where he mixes it up. He might bring in. Um, maybe somebody like uh, Ewan Henderson. Um, we are, is, he not on, is he not on loan to Dunfermline? Oh, though? God, he is. He is. You're right. God, that's <laughs> right. A big spate of them all went out at the same time, didn't they? Like, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Loads know, of them did. Uh, Connell went out, and that's right. Henderson was gone as well. So, in, in actual fact, then, I am not sure what he'll do with the midfield. I think, yeah, right enough, Sorrow probably will uh, maybe get the nod because of the Brown thing. Just purely because it might be a bit weird for Brown playing in that game tomorrow. I don't I don't know if if they if they ask Brown the question, do you want to play? If if he'd say yes or no, I don't know. I just I actually had to check to see that Stephen Glass was actually in position as manager because I didn't know yeah. if he'd actually started the job yet because I've just I, I don't know, I've not been paying attention to any, anything other than Celtic because well, you, you don't normally do. You? But um I so he's in he's in position. I think a Yeti is a, such a weird one for me because a guy commented on uh, on Axon yesterday saying that he lived in Bow um, while a Yeti was at Bow and he was the, the talk of the town and you know really really highly rated and he was banging in goals left right and centre and then he just had that mystery season at West Ham and he's had arguably a mystery season with us as well and you just wonder what the hell's gone on with him in the last sort of two years or whatever because. Whatever went on at West Ham is carried on here because you know if he was that good he would be starting every week. I mean we paid five million quid for the guy, you know, and he's not really done that much, you know. I mean not worth five p. A handful of goals at the start of the season, 
when he was supposedly still finding his fitness and you know, we're led to believe he's still trying to find fitness now and we're in April, you know what I mean? As as is Griffiths. Um which is just uh, it's just daft to me. Um so I do wonder about a Yeti and, and where where we go with him from here and whether he wants to stay or whether he wants to leave or whatever, you know, it'd be again it'd be interesting to hear his thoughts on, on that because you know, is he another player that wants to leave already? And he's not even completed a season with us. So, uh, I you wouldn't be surprised. I would play him to give him a chance tomorrow night because I, I, I certainly don't think Eddie deserves his jersey after after Sunday. No, you're hundred percent right, and that's what I'm saying. That these that going forward, it's fatal to play players who will potentially be there next season. And um, what what about yourself, Anthony? What have you gone for in terms of your lineup? Yeah, I, I, I think Scott Bain will still look resplendent in the jersey uh, <laughs> tomorrow. I'd imagine left-back, I agree with John Paul Taylor, will, will come in. Depending on if Ralston's up for it, you, you might find Kenny will play, or, or it might be light for light. The back two, yeah, Iron and Welsh can't really see any any uh, change there. Um, main change, I think, it, I think it'll be more or less the, the, the same team as Sunday, with the exception we might, you have, might have sorrow for Brown. Um, a Yeti um, for Edward, and that would maybe allow him to partner up with El Yunusi, um, like they did mm. at Baal. Um, you know, we didn't, we've not really seen much of that partnership this year, um, mm. unfortunately, because um, apparently they were they were very good together um, when they played there. Um, and yeah, that's that's. I, I I think there's because you can't really necessarily trust any of the guys that would come in either. You know, they've not really had a, a body of work behind them this season that you can say, well, we can rely on him because such and such isn't pulling his weight. Um, I think those are probably the obvious uh, changes, but whether or not that equates to any any improvement in performance, um, you know, that we'll just need to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> for me, I went with Barkas in goal because I still oh. think personally... I, I think there's a keeper in Barkas. I, I always say that. I just think it's down to coaching and stuff he's received this season because he, he was great number one. He was playing well for AEK Athens in the Champions League. He played against us as well. So there has to be something in this guy. There has to be. And I think he needs to run the games just to see for one final t- chance if there's a keeper there. I've also went for Ralston, Welsh, Ayer, Taylor, Sorrow at the defensive side of the diamond, Rosic, Cal Mag, Cal McGregor, Turnbull, Ayeri, and Moy. That's what I went for mm. in terms of my lineup. But yeah, I heard your your voice there, uh, quick a wee bit there when I said Barkas. But it's <laughs> it's just my it's, it's just my opinion of the guy. I I just think it's this season of all seasons to come in and he's it's, I don't know his confidence just seems shot the best, doesn't it? Really, and hopefully a new management team can build him back up again because I want to see him one more a couple more times in the Celtic jersey to see if he can produce. But moving on, guys. I said at the start of the show, we'll be touching the, the the European Super League and it's towards the end of the show, where it quite rightly should be because it's an absolute disgrace of what's been proposed and over the last 48 hours. It came out at like quarter to 11 at night and it's like, what's the point of even announcing something at that time? Do you know what I mean? But JP, I'll go to yourself uh, first for this. What's your over, overriding reaction to that? Well, I've been like, digest, trying to digest it really and get my head around it and I've I've... Uh, I was actually, I went down to Trun yesterday, I had the day off, and I just went down to Trun just to remind myself what uh, the sea looked like, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, <laughs> the, the, the city, and uh, I, I was sitting kind of near this guy who had uh, his phone on full blast, you know, like, 
you know, and he was watching uh, some sort of Sky Sports thing. So I was hearing snippets of what uh, they were talking about on that. And just um, it appears that a lot of these clubs that are signed up to it are all in real financial bother. And they see this as their kind of way out of that. Um, where I, I wouldn't necessarily agree that that would be the case because I think they would, if it was allowed to go ahead somehow, that I think they would find themselves in all sorts of legal bother with UEFA um, and potentially face fines and all the rest of it because that's what everybody's wanting. Well, Gary Neville the other day was just like, find them, you know, dock them points, find them, you know, but a banish, uh, but, uh, banish them from the league and everything else. And and I've, I've, I saw just maybe an hour or so ago that, that Chelsea are apparently preparing to like jump out of it or, or remove their take their name off it or whatever. So if one goes, you'd imagine that it'll all domino and they'll all sort of um, fall out of it um, having seen the reaction. Because, you know, it just seems absurd to think, well, oh, we're just going to abandon, abandon the Champions League. And then uh, if you watched the Ian Wright clip to camera where he just filmed himself in his car and he was like saying his understanding was that players wouldn't be allowed to take part in Euros, uh, the World Cup. You know, it, it seems insane that they would they would then hold them to ransom, and players would just be under contract, and they'd have to play in these in these these strange midweek European games against all the big clubs in Europe. It just well, I say all of them, some of them. I, 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 not, <laughs> I noted, I noted with interest, Bayern Munich were nowhere near it, which you know, in a sense, doesn't surprise me because I, I, I you know, I'm not a huge Bayern Munich fan. But you know they are, uh, uh, you know, a European heavyweight, and yeah. you know they're they're always there or thereabouts in the Champions League, and I I do respect them as a football club because they are a historic football club. They aren't just like owned by a Russian oligarch or a you know a sheikh or something like that, and just have money pumped into them. You know they're they're, they're a proper football club. You know as are Borussia Dortmund. Um, so it was interesting that they were nowhere near it, and I, I don't know. I, 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 it leaves a really bad taste in the mouth of the whole the whole thing, and there certainly needs to be something put in place to make sure. Because you, you've got to think that if it does go away, you know, and it does sort of fall like a house of cards, you've got to think that the idea is there, and that they'll maybe come back and try and rethink it at some point in the future. So they need to put something in place to make sure that it just can't happen. Yeah, I mean, for me as well, regardless of football clubs pull out of the, the European Super League line, they still deserve to be punished. They went that far. They've signed up contracts and stuff. And mm. for me, it's th- this whole type of thing, again, is, as you said, it's what these oil people want, the American owners want. They want this franchise version of football. Mm. Your, man, your man Perez, the Real Madrid president, he's an absolute clampet. He's run the boat saying, Saying that uh, kids aren't interested in football, matches should be longer to keep them keep them on watching the football. You're like, what are you talking about, mate? And I'd say another thing as well before I go to yourself, Anthony. Again, JP rightly pointed out this is just about these clubs trying to recoup the debt that they've put themselves in <laughs> by living above their means. Mm. If they're mm. if they're going bust or if they're in financial difficulty, face the punishment. Take mm. the punishment. Do not take the rest of the game and put it into disarray and you have former players coming out and r- rightly so by the way calling them out for what they are Gary Neville for me nailed it he nailed it 
He called mm. out his own club as well, which was mm. absolutely fantastic on Sky Sports. It was a brilliant interview. If, if anyone hasn't seen it, please check that out. And you're looking at it from a fan's point of view. We pay enough money. I have BT, Premier Sports, Sky, just to watch Celtic. That's it. And you're paying nearly a £1,000 a year in subscription fees before even you, you get a season ticket and stuff. It's absolute scandalous what these clubs are trying to do. And what, what, how do you feel about it, Anthony, in regards to the, the Super League? The Super League is just the latest Frankenstein's monster for these people, um, Stephen. And as much as I, as I, I, I can't really add any more to my disgust on it than the, what the likes of Gary Neville and all that have done. Uh, um, they, they've kind of spoke up, but it's it's not just football that this is happening. This is happens when you give profiteers because that's all they are. They're the owners of these clubs. They don't. Okay, they maybe want to win trophies, but their prime reason for owning these clubs is for nothing more than to milk it and the people that follow them for every penny they've got and that's what it's not just happening in football it's happening in every walk of life when you give profiteers bandits con men unregulated power this is what they'll hit you with and it's happening all over and I must admit, as, 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 as angry as I am when I, when I watched all the, the proceedings happening, I have to say Chelsea and Man City have pulled out of it, by the way. They've both signalled their intention to pull out of it. So hopefully, oh, this, wow. hopefully, okay. hopefully this nonsense is, is hit on the head. However, UEFA were preparing on Monday to announce some drastic changes to the Champions League of their own, which was for no other reason than to milk fans dry again. Um, I've, I've have, I, I can't stand the proposals, don't get me wrong, but I have to say, I have found some... He's still there, Anthony? Hello? He's, Can he's, you hear me? Can he you hear me on, okay? He was on his, his soapbox, he was, he was going off on one. Not <laughs> much. Don't, make, don't, don't, don't have us playing eight qualifying fixtures to get into your, your, your tournament. The champion, the UEFA care as much about us as what these, these bandits do that, that own these clubs. Football's been about money for a long time. I accept that the pre- the Premier League does have has has some merit. It has sort of modernised the game a bit. But let's not forget the Premier League is a breakaway off its own in its own right. I accept that, yeah, um, it does still have promotion and relegation. But you know, the Champions League itself, you know, you can fi- you can finish fourth in a in a, a certain uh, league and you're straight in. But if you win a so-called lesser league, you got to play eight qualifying games. So. I I take all this um, full outrage where I punch a salt. I really do. Um, yeah. And it's and it's happening in every walk um, of life. And we, I'm, I'm glad that it seems that fan power um, seems to have put a stop to it for the moment. But it's almost like the classic hand, isn't it? You go in, you know, go, go in way above what you're actually expecting. Take take the hit and then come back with some watered down version two two three years down the lane that the line and allow that to happen. Um, it's yeah. it's disgusting. It's it, it really is. It, these they, they care. They, they they have absolutely no interest uh, in the good of the game. And um, and it's it's not just these you know twelve sixteen clubs. It's practically every club out there. I have to yeah. say, on on different on different things, our club included, or the people that run our club included. It's not just these twelve. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. And I must say as well, just before we continue, I think some of them uh, oil people must have heard you, Anthony, because your audio cut out for a wee bit. But we, we can we definitely, get, we, we definitely get the gist of what you're saying. I mean, UEFA, FIFA, Premier League, 
our owners to a certain extent, all these rich clubs, they're all to blame in, in a way. And this, this, as you said, this Super League is just another monster created from all the wealth and greed that's in football at the minute. And again, wealth wins for me at the moment. Wealth always wins in football. But I'm conscious of time here because JP has to go in a few wee minutes. So we're going to move to the quiz. And this is where it gets interesting because at the moment, I think it's 4 2 to us against the Sally State of Mind guy. So oh. if you. If you manage to to get this, JP, it's for free, and then you're definitely within oh. within a touch of distance to yourselves. So okay. again, it's it's five questions. It's first to free, not too technical about it, but it's just whoever wins. Really, it's a, a good old fashioned quiz. You ready, guys? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, just go right back to the roots. Then, who founded Celtic Football Club? Brother Wolfred. Brother Wolfred. JP got it first. Sorry about that. What two you colours? Okay? Are Celtics famous hoop shirts? Green and white. Bingo. Green and white. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bingo, you got it. How many Celtic yeah. managers did Lubo play under, including caretaker managers? Three. Four. Anthony Gallup. Oof. Oh. <laughs> Martin Lee brought in three players on the eve of the European transfer deadline day in August 2001. John Hartson, Momo Silla, and which other player? Steve Guppy. Steve Guppy. Oh, JP, got it. This is the decider. This is the decider. <laughs> Who does Celtic knock out to qualify for the IFA Champions League group stages for the first time in 2001? Ajax. 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 Anthony, yes! Uh, yes! I was there. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> Anthony, got it. So at the I moment then, that's 5-2 to us. And JP, thank, thanks for coming on. Have you enjoyed your time with the end of Celts? have indeed thank you uh, thank you very much for having me on like I said uh, sorry it's not in more celebratory times for the club and uh, as the supporters but um, happily uh, come back on when uh, when the grass is a wee bit greener and uh, again it's, it's what we're all about this is us a few guys just like we're down the pub having the chat about Celtic Football Club and again we appreciate everyone's support on YouTube Spotify Twitter Instagram iTunes wherever it may be this is our 20th podcast, which is a milestone for us. We we only really thought we would do a couple, but again, it's grew arms and legs, and we're going to keep going stronger and bring you guys more content. We recently had uh, John Hearn on, a former Celtic player, a brilliant insight to what it's like coming up for the Youth Academy, playing for the first team. Tommy Burns stories in there with some funny pranks that Scott Brown and Charlie Mulgrew were involved in. So if you just can't check that out, it's, all, we're, it's available across all major platforms. And hopefully, thanks to yourself for coming on. You'll be on again in the future, no doubt as a, a regular contributor. Thanks again, Anthony. And in the meantime, no problem, in the meantime, everybody stay well and keep safe. Heel, heel.